Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. We are sunny side up down here in southern Utah today. It is under 100 degrees. Can you believe that, Clint? Of course I can. Under 100 degrees. It's about time. Seller's last episode, episode 47, was complaining, you know, cold front came in. It's only 100. Well, guess what, Doc Sellers? We're under 100 degrees down here. Good luck. It'll stay that way for four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're listening to We Do Recover. I'm the host of this thing, Jared Miller. I'm joined by your co-host, our medical expert, the Doc, Terry Sellers, via the World Wide Web. Hello, everyone. I also have in studio our producer that makes this thing possible, the tech titan, Sean Denovan. Hey! And last but definitely not least, we are joined today in our step in our step series. We're going to do step two. This guy has got a ton of knowledge. Good buddy of mine, Clint Webb. Hi, everybody. Good to have you. This podcast, episode 48, part one, is brought to you by Steps Recovery Centers, where addiction ends and healing begins. If you or a loved one need help, please don't hesitate. Reach out to them. 801-800-8142. There are people standing by right now to take your phone call. Well, should we get this party started? Sure. Can I start it? Yeah, go ahead. You want to start it? All right. Yeah, let's start with uh, something we've never started with before, new and goods. Oh, <laughs> we do start with that all the time. Uh, hey, Jared, what's new and good? We never start with you. Hey, I appreciate that. So new and good for me, I this is a community event that we have coming up here. So USARA, we've had them on before in the past, is throwing an event, International Overdose Awareness Day. That is going to be, while well, Sean puts it up here on our screen. Yeah, there it is. International Overdose Awareness Day. That's going to be at the DSU Gardner Center Ballroom, August 31st at 7 p.m., the address is 300 South, 700 East in St. George. They're going to be giving out T-shirts. They're going to have food. They're going to have speakers. It's going to be a great event. The T-shirt that I have on today, actually, is last year's Overdose Awareness T-shirt. So I'm super excited for that. That's new. That's good. Can't wait for that. They also have some other events coming up, announcements uh, for the future. We'll save that for the future. Thank you, Dr. Sellers. Beautiful. Hey, do we have uh, any representation at this thing? Mm. We probably should have a booth or something. I mean, I'll be there, but I'll probably just be in my street clothes, you know, just being a yeah. guy, another clown we on the bus. You're out of booth one of these days and and <laughs> put a booth into some of these things. But uh, okay, let's go with uh, hey over in the corner, Sean. What's new and good with you? Oh, you caught me off guard. I'm um, I'm guessing. What's what's new and good? Um. Everything's great. I bought new shoes, and I like my new shoes. How's that? <laughs> I like it. It's got new kicks. That's always fun. I got these see. things. Let me see if I can. Uh, that's new and good. We'll take it. Hey, those Clint? are those Doc Martens. Oh, my God. <laughs> Look at those bad Holy boys. Cow. They got some shine, boy. And they wanted to be taller. Yeah, those are like. new and good. <laughs> had to go to Vegas to find these guys, so I'm like, all right. Uh, there you go. That's my new and good. I got new cool. shoes. I got new shoes. It's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Clint, what's new and good with you? Oh, new and good. Clint, right? Yeah, Clint. Yeah, okay. Actually made it through my physical therapy today. I got a new knee, had my ACL rebuilt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Life is good. I can move again. Wow. When I say new and good, you got a new knee. That's new. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's nice to be able to move around again. Good, so good. All right, well, Jared, take over. All right, well, so let's rock and roll yep. into our topic. Today we're talking about... A uh, little step two. We're, again, we're going to do a couple different series around the steps. We're going to get away from it. We've got a couple cool speakers coming up that, that want to come on that maybe don't have the, the knowledge and education around the steps. But today, we're definitely doing that. We came okay. to believe. Clint, talk we, to me about we came to believe. Oh, I thought you were saying you came to believe Clint. <laughs> <laughs> you may have been a, a higher power of mine at one point in time, but, you know. It's always been called, you know, oh, Jesus, here you are again. <laughs> when I made it actually into recovery, the person that helped me through this step and the remainder steps also put it to me this way. It says, Clint, 
How do you know God's not a black woman? Mm, interesting question. And coming from the predominant religion, it actually all of a sudden blew up my box that I'd placed God in that said he's this certain way. And so it started this process of uncovering and discarding those things about this power that I didn't understand so that I could eventually turn my life over to that and believe that I could be restored to sanity. I like it. I like it. And it talks about it in the step, you know, in some of the literature out there around the different fellowships that you don't have to, right? You don't have to believe at first. It's a learning process, right? And how do we, how do we learn and how do we grow? By seeing in others a lot of times, right? Kind of goes yeah. back to as a child, we mirror our parents. So. Or those that we hang out with. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so it's all about that journey of, of finding that ideal for each of us individually that we can believe can help us restore us to sanity. But where did I find out I was insane in the first place? I don't know. You don't know where you found out that? Not for you, Clint. Oh, what about <laughs> for you? I'm asking you. Yes, yes. So I realized that I was insane. Um, you know, I really look at step two. I hit step two in a jail cell alone. And I realized that it, I was powerless over my addiction. My life had become unmanageable. It was after, uh, a, sadly, but it's part of my journey, a suicide attempt. And, um, yeah, it's the first time ever that I said, like, a genuine, sincere prayer. And it was, uh, I, I mean, I've talked about this before. It was a very ugly prayer, but it was genuine. Yeah, I remember that prayer for me, too. Yep, yep. So let's hear about it for you. Mine was actually up on the dump hill where I used to drink wine with my buddies. And I was sitting there thinking, I can't live this way any longer. And I asked for two things in earnestness that night. I asked for to remove the compulsion and obsession to continue drinking and drugging on a daily basis mm. just to exist in this life that I wasn't comfortable in anymore. And the other thing that I asked for was to be forgiven for everything that I'd done wrong. And as soon as I had said those words, the thought came to my mind is that, Clint, I forgave you a long time ago, but you was the judge, the jury, the hangman that's sentencing you to this life of pain and misery. If I can forgive you, why can't you forgive you? And so that night I walked off the hill a free man. That's powerful. Long enough to do the steps to heal from all those problems, but I was free enough to, to be able to deal with the problem. I love that, man. That's amazing. That really is. That's cool. Did you, f so in that point in time, you kind of, well, I, I hate to sound cheesy, but you became willing, right? Well, I was willing long before that. I just didn't know the journey that I needed to go on. At what point did you come to believe though? Cause you said that you started kind of the steps process. And so it sounds like you were willing and then, so in other words, did you go start hitting meetings right away? Did you do the 90 and 90? What did that look like for you? Well, I was sentenced to, to meetings by the higher power in a black robe. <laughs> <laughs> and I would go to meetings because I had to. And I would have what I deem a slip. I would go to more meetings than I was supposed to. Why would I do that? You know, But I started seeing in other people, as you was talking about, what they had. What I desired to have, peace of mind. The ability to communicate with people and be happy with the circumstances that I had gone through, as well as my life moving forward. And so that was an ongoing process to get to that coming to believe because, you know, because of the addiction that I lived in, which had been dead numerous times, and I knew that this power had done for me what I couldn't do for myself. Did you have a great understanding of that power quite yet? Like, as you look back in hindsight. I guess I always believed. Okay. But maybe didn't trust. Okay. Yeah, that's good. We're going to get in. Let's get Dr. Sellers' take on it. Dr. Sellers, when did you come to believe? Um, it took a minute, for sure. I, you know, once upon a time, I lost my license to practice medicine. And... Um, 
I, I can't, I don't know how I totally came to this, but, uh, you know, I had been going to some meetings at that point and, uh, I, I actually came to the realization that what happened to me, like my drug addiction was given to me by a higher power as a way of learning some things that I had not learned before. One of those for sure was some humility because what happened is I, you know, my life really had not been very difficult up until I became addicted to morphine. I got into med school. It wasn't that hard. I did okay in school, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and trying to get over morphine was the one thing I couldn't do on my own. Mm. And so if I couldn't do it on my own, then somebody had to help me. And, you know, I had a, a decent foundation in what my sort of uh, belief in God was and what my faith was and that sort of stuff. And so um, I just came to realize that that God had given me morphine to teach me some humility. And if he gave me that to teach me humility, if I learned the humility, maybe he'd help me out of it. And that's powerful. And so, yeah, so that's kind of where I came to it, is I came to the realization that, frankly, it was a gift from God. Otherwise, I was going to be a, a, an arrogant asshole my whole life. Now, listen, I get it. I'm still, it's still <laughs> one of my character defects. It's still my biggest character defect. But I do work on it every day. And if God had given it to me, he can take it away, too. Like, if he had given me the morphine addiction, he could help me get rid of it as well. That's quite the perspective. I like that. I like that a lot. So quick question. How, at what point did it take for you to come to that understanding though? Does that make sense? Like, obviously you oh. didn't get it right away. And for those that are in early recovery, just starting to work these, these steps and get into this thing, I think sometimes our, well, for sure, my generation expects results yesterday. And so just kind of give us a perspective on how long did it take for you to get to that perspective that you had? Well, I mean, I had to, I had to lose my license to practice medicine. Uh, it, it got, God had tried to teach me humility in other kinder, softer, gentler ways. And, um, I just didn't get it. Like it wasn't enough for me. So, uh, I had to lose my license to practice medicine. I had to hit my rock bottom before I could ever start climbing my way out. And so, yeah, it took a minute for me to get that. It didn't come to me right away for sure. Nice, nice. Clint, can you see those comments up there on the board? Yeah. You want to go ahead and read them off for me? I can't see them. I don't have my contacts in on well, my glasses one says, on. Love these podcasts. And the next one says, if we are all part of God, God is every color, everything. Nice. Back to your the question you were asked, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Thank you guys for your comments. Keep them coming. If you have questions on this topic, please go ahead and shoot it off. So you touched on a number of things. Okay. And, and so what does come to believe really mean to you? And you already said the word and I'll give you a hint. It starts with a T. Go ahead. Time. <laughs> well, that always <laughs> helps, right? Yeah. yeah. That's trust. Trust. Mm. Absolutely. You want to exp exp expound on that? Yeah, I'll expound on that through a life experience that I had up in Logan, Utah. Ooh, love Logan. Yeah. It was cool to go up there and take the opportunity to climb all these flights of stairs and get up to the top and sitting there and it was on a bungee cord tower. <laughs> I like it. I like this story already. And, and the guy says, I'm going to count down from five and on one, I want you to lean forward. Okay, I can do that. He asked me, do you want to go feet first or head first? <laughs> Uh, I want to go head first. And so he says, okay, the five lean forward. So I get out to the edge of this tower and I'm looking down and there's this air mattress below me, a bungee cord tied to my ass. And I thinking, yeah, God will restore me to sanity. <laughs> <laughs> but at that time, my higher power was that air mattress below me and that bungee cord. And I don't know about you, but when I got into drinking i drank alcoholic from day one mm. my first drink was a social drink my buddies for the last day of school in seventh grade celebration said we're going to drink 103 proof vodka and i said so shall i <laughs> wow 100, so, 100 proof 
103 proof, yeah. Wow. And so I dove into it head on. And so when, when I got up there, I decided that's what I was going to do. And he started counting down, and at four, I'm thinking, yeah, God, you're really going to restore me to sanity? At three, I'm leaning back, saying, oh, this ain't a good idea. <laughs> at two, I started saying, okay, I can do this. I believe in it. And then at one, I didn't just lean forward. I swan dived. Ah, oh, I'm going down. I had a lot of fun when I was drinking and drugging. But I had a lot of problems, too. Were you drinking and drugging during this uh, this dive that you're describing? Oh, no, this us? is two, okay. two to three years into recovery. Okay. And so so I'm going down, and I, I hit a bottom. Wow, I hit a bottom in recovery. Mine was a spiritual bottom. It was depleted inside. Mm -hmm. Spiritually bankrupt, yep. yep. And I had had the physical, broken neck, and all the accidents, and all that yuck, and jail, and all that. Mm -hmm. But I was at a spiritual bottom. And in essence, once I got to my bottom of this bungee cord, next thing I know, just like coming into recovery, all of a sudden I'm shooting straight up in the air, yep. flying. Oh my gosh, this is almost heavenly. Right. And yep. so the ride back up versus the ride going down of my addiction has been so much greater in being in recovery and enjoying that flight from where I once came. That's a beautiful metaphor. I love it. Love it. You're walking us through the journey while you're talking about the bungee cord experience. Mm. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, it's all about the journey. That's way cool. That's awesome. All right. So, uh, yeah, I love that it talks about trust. We came to we came to believe, right? In other words, we, we finally got to the point where we decided to trust the process, which I think is really important because in step three, which is coming up in our step series, you can't go to step three until you've really given step two a valid, you know, Valid shot. You got to learn trust. Yeah. What does that look like for you, Doctor Sellers? Doctor Sellers, are are you there? Yeah. Sorry, my internet just went out for just a second. Um, Talk to us about trust. I did, I, uh, about trust. Yep. Yeah. So um, <laughs> it's moving on to the next step. Talking about trust, right? Um, turning your life and your will over to a power greater than yourself. And, um, uh, let me, let me sidetrack off of that just a, a little bit. And I want to go back to, uh, the step we're actually talking about, which is, so for me, I had a pretty good foundation as to who my God was. Um, the problem is that when step two, where it says we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity, for an arrogant guy, there is no power greater than yourself. Mm. Like you're the power, you're it, yep. right? Like yeah. I, that was my whole problem is I had accomplished everything in my life. Uh, you know, I would like to pretend like I had accomplished all that without God's help. Obviously, that's not true, but I thought it was for a second. And so um, the, the, the steps are very careful not to really say God per se, and particularly in that step. They say a power greater than yourself. And so I have had this argument before with people that don't believe in God. And um, the steps don't say God in that particular step. They say a power greater than yourself. And so I had to, to trust. I had to find a power that was greater than myself. Now, again, I had a pretty good faith in God, so it was God for me. But I've often argued with people about, well, my coffee cup is my higher power. Well, your coffee cup doesn't than you do so yeah. it can't be a higher power yeah am yeah. i breaking up you, you did you. i can't hear you guys either you did for a sec but you brought up a really great point so the way that i how this was explained to me through um a mentor right uh yeah was basically it has to be some something that's loving something that's caring and something that is greater than yourself Right. So, and Dr. Sellers hit it right on the head when he said, you know, the coffee cup doesn't exact or coffee mug, whatever, doesn't exactly work. So mentor slash sponsor really taught me that. Um, so yeah, that's something that I, that I definitely value. All right. Thank you guys for that. Let's jump into you. You said another word that I really loved, man. I really can't, let's hit the comments real fast. First, who's the first name and what did they say? Sorry, Clint. The Jesse one? Sure. Nothing happens that is not allowed by God, like a good 
transparent, God allows us to make wrong choices. It is so great that when he uses the damage we do to our lives to do all kinds of things that are right. Yeah, absolutely. Great point, Jesse. And then Gina says, the journey is amazing. Trusting the process is best. Thanks for sharing. Awesome. Awesome. Wait, it says thanks for sharing Clint Webb. Yeah, well, I'm not <laughs> self-promoting, but thank you. I'll do it. You're welcome. <laughs> That's awesome. So you, you said another word that I really want to I, I want to touch on because I think it's key in, in step two. And just be clear, we're not doing step three until, the, you know, a different episode. Um, the word obsession, right? Mm -hmm. So to me, doing the same thing over and over and over again, okay, expecting a different result is insanity, right? We know that's the definition of insanity, but it also is a part of the powerlessness, the obsession that we have. What is that? What is, when you prayed for the obsession to be removed, what did the obsession look like before versus what the obsession looked like after for you, Clint? I was just existing is all I was doing. Surviving. Mm -hmm. Barely. Surviving. Okay. What did that look like? It looked like whatever it does. Like drink to, to survive, drug, whatever the case may be. Got you. It's all survival. Got you. So that was, and that was part of the insanity for you. My definition of insanity is a little bit different than the one you placed. Let's get it, buddy. The seemingly inability to learn from one's own mistakes and the mistakes of others. Because if you look in the dictionary, sanity it says soundness of mind. Okay. Soundness of mind is the opposite of insanity. Right. Yeah. I found out I was insane from the first step. Therefore, I had to believe that this power could take away that compulsion and obsession to continue doing these behaviors that are killing me. There was an old timer when I first sobered up, and he said this. He says, you can either bend your knees or bend your elbows. He says, if you want to bend your elbows, you go to the bar, you sit there and drink with the bartender. The bartender's going to listen. He's going to laugh, think you're funny. You know, and it makes you feel wonderful because he wants a tip. Absolutely. He's working for it. Yeah, doing his job. Or you can bend your knees and let God in on all that stuff so that you can have a life that is unbelievable. Nice. I love that. I love that. I asked you about the, the removal of the obsession because I, I can remember – that was one thing when I, when I said that honest, ugly, but earnest prayer um, is I can remember for the first time in like three, three nights, I finally slept for the first time because I was withdrawing off of opiates. And so you typically don't sleep real great when that happens. But then the other thing that I realized too is I would notice the chaos in the, the gel cell around me, right? My block, my tear, whatever you want to call it. There was always chaos. There was drama. There was, oh, this guy owes me this noodle. And I realized that even through, again, I couldn't, there wasn't drugs in there, so I couldn't, it didn't remove the obsession, I guess, to use drugs. But I started becoming more aware, which I had never had before. Like I would see situations happening and I would go, nope, not getting involved, right? And so from a behavioral standpoint, it removed that obsession for me to have to be involved in everything and, and be the middle of everything. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then therefore throughout recovery, I kind of, it removed that obsession because I, I just became more aware, more aware of, Hey, I know the path that this takes me on. I've done it. I've lived it. And so I guess for me, the removal of the obsession is that is the awareness of sure. But you know where that road leads. Dr. Sellers, you want to grace us in the last minute with uh, obsession, what it looked like for you? Yeah, well, um, the obsession to me looked like waking up every single day and trying to figure out how I was going to get more dope, um, which is a full-time job and clearly took away from everything else that I was doing. It took a lot of my mind. It took a lot of my energy. It took a lot of my because, uh, you know, I was using morphine. I didn't have a dealer. I had a physician. Yeah. And um, it, that obsession of every morning waking up and just God, figuring out how I'm going to pull it off today. How am I going to convince a doctor I got a migraine today? Uh, 
and uh, that has honestly been removed from me, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you guys for checking it out. In part one, we've covered step two. In part two, we're going to let Clint talk about his life and recovery today, his therapeutic modalities that he enjoys. Join us after this 30-second commercial from our sponsor, Steps Recovery Center. You are listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller, sponsored by Steps Recovery Center and the Hilton Garden Inn. I'm Desmond Lomax, one of the clinical executives here at Steps Recovery. And once you become of the Steps family, you're just a part of the Steps family. A lot of us have overcome substances, overcome addiction, and now we're able to help other people. Second of all, we're also going to help you in a way where you can afford to be helped. Third of all, we're going to give you the same quality that many organizations are charging two to three times. And it's more about you than it is about our organization. We welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller, co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers. All right, let's let Dr. Sellers take us into episode 48, part two. Go ahead, Doc Sellers. So, I don't know if you know, but episode 48, part two, is sponsored by the Hilton Garden Inn. It's always sunny and bright at the Hilton Garden Inn. And if you happen to be traveling through St. George, give them a Google search. Man, they've got the greatest staff. They've got the greatest amenities. The pool is fantastic. The service is great. Give them a shot. It's always sunny and bright at the Hilton Garden Inn. That's right. Thank you so much. Just type in a Google search. Hit them up on Google. Give them a five-star review. They love that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All right, let's jump into Clint. So Clint, thank you for gracing us with your knowledge in, in the first part of this thing. I feel like we covered step two pretty well. Now let's get into you. Tell us a little bit about yourself without turning this thing into a, a whole, you know, bio about, about Clint, but tell us a little bit about yourself today, what you do, what life and recovery looks like. Let's get it. Recovery for me is all about the journey of bettering myself. And the only way that I can do that is by learning to challenge Mm. Therefore, those that I'm around, I challenge them as well. I love it. And if we're not challenged, we're not going to or have the ability to grow in ways that we would just on our own. Because people are cognitive lazy. They don't want to think. They don't want to do. That is true. I'm, I know I'm guilty of that sometimes. Some, it's just easier to turn on the Netflix and veg out than it is to pick up a good book or get my behind to the gym, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's just human nature. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> And so I'm always open and looking for experiences and things that can help me in a way that I didn't have before. And I was given an analogy on a river trip up in Idaho by the the river guide. And I was up there with my sisters and he said, you know, the river, there's a lot of difference between a river trip and a fairy tale. Mm. And the river trip can represent life and or it can represent recovery. And I like looking at it from the recovery aspect. But when we're out there using it, we paddle like hell to get to where we want to be. Absolutely, yeah. We think that we got this shit, and here we go. Yeah. You know? Yeah, this is going to be great. Then all of a sudden, after you've worked your butt off to get to where you want to be, all of a sudden, the river takes over, and the only thing you can do is say, oh, shit, here we go. <laughs> Right. And at that time, it runs its course. Because a fairy tale is once upon a time coming into recovery is, oh, wow, now I got to do all this. Yeah. Yeah. It smacks you in the face. Yeah. Yeah. It's real. Wow. The acronym for sober. Son of a bitch. Everything's real. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Denovan's marking down all of our times you're dropping. That's all right. Keep going. I did going. not <laughs> drop anything like. <laughs> You know, kind of like Jay Golden Campbell. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I love the, I love the metaphor of of the river and guess what? Sometimes you're right. Life just takes over, right? Mm -hmm. We can paddle as hard and fight as hard as we want, but sometimes you can't outrun the current. And a lot of times just the way life is, we have those moments where all of a sudden it's like, here I am again Mm -hmm. in a different situation, 
facing what could be a life-altering or life-changing or ending situation. And I've had a few of those over the years of being in recovery. And I always look back to the loving grace of some power that led me to just hold on and believe. Got you, got you. So you shared a little bit um, about like your your beliefs in recovering stuff. I know you're big on a couple things. One of those journeys for you, I'm sure, in your recovery was being a part of a men's group. Yeah. Life changing event. Yeah, share I got we gotta get that. That's that's Clint. That's how I know you, man. You're like the guy around these different things. I'll let you share about it, but go ahead. I was 14, 15 years sober, having problems in life and dealing with life and hold on a minute. So you're telling me that you can live in in recovery and still have problems. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. So you want to talk about that? Because you know, a lot of people put that cape on and they walk into the rooms of recovery. I got time. Yeah. Everything's wonderful. But then when they leave the rooms and all of a sudden their recovery goes away and they go out there and beat dogs and people and life's still life. Again, that river's yeah. going to take over. Sorry. Side tangent. Take us back to, Oh no, no that was great. Dreamer. <laughs> Damn, dang river. <laughs> so you're 14, 15 You're years. sober and I, and it all revolved around or was centered on my relationship or lack thereof of my father in my life. And, and I was invited to go on this men's retreat, a weekend that was an experiential weekend. I initiated in August of 2004. And part of the problem that, that these people that put this organization together realized that that there's really not an initiation process for men to find out how to be a better man. Okay. What's the name of this organization? Are they still around? Oh yeah. It's a worldwide organization called mankind project. Cool. Cool. Okay. And, and they offer a, a weekend retreat for, for men to go on this experiential journey to go to a depth that usually men aren't willing to go to. Well, yeah. Cause we walk around with this false ego and sense of, overinflated self and tough guys wear, you know, Teflon masks. And, and if I have her or I got all the yep, money yep, and the automobile, yep. I'm, oh, I'm man. Okay. Okay. So it, it is really meant to pull some of the core, what, what a real man is not the false. Exactly. Bravado. To find out who it is that, okay. that you are as a man and, and address or start learning to address those things so that you can go out and their motto is to change the world one man at a time. Oh, I love it. Yeah, and, and on that journey that I got to go on is like anything else, whether it's in recovery or anything that I'm willing to do, I'm going to get out exactly what I'm willing to put the effort into getting. Yeah, absolutely. And so the more effort that, that I have found by putting into other things, I get to enjoy the rewards. One of the things that, that they guide you through and find is, do you have a mission statement, Jared? I do, actually. I do. Nice. Most people go through life without a personal mission statement right. or an idea. We hear about businesses having those, but my personal mission statement is that I create a world of empowered men and women by fulfilling my God-given entitlement and helping others to achieve theirs. I like that. That's amazing. And so it gives me a direction, gives me some variance, but I always know what my task is. Yeah, so I went through a similar program. It was called uh, Great Life, and, and kind of si sounds like similar idea. They they taught us to separate. A lot of people will say, you know, I'm Jared, right? And they they would correct that real fast, and they'd say, it, "Are you Jared, or is that your birth name?" And then they taught us that the I am statement is kind of your mission statement, like you're talking about. So now I get real cute with it, and I say, "The name I was given at birth is Jared." when people say something, I say, because that's not who I am. Yeah. Right. It's a, a title. Absolutely. That okay. identifies you as the person that you are or not. Yeah. So why did you let that one lady on here? I want, hey, I want to read some comments. Can I? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I, it just dawned on me that there might be some relationship here. And she doubled up. 
between the guest and maybe one of our commenters. So, uh, Sean, go back. Keep going. That uh, one, right? Wait. Yep. No, no. Another go direction. Down. The other Let's way. read all of them. Read all of them. Read all of them. We'll get to Other way. No, other way. Yeah, there you go. Keep yes, going. Yes, I want to read this one first. Okay. So you got From two of them. Shalee Webb. I don't know. Maybe that's a relation. I don't know. Yeah, probably. I didn't, I didn't realize that, but <laughs> Shalee said, I'm glad to hear you like challenges. I work on helping you challenge yourself. Ooh, this sounds like maybe a wife. She also said, I'll work on challenging you more. Uh, uh, why did you guys let her on? Bite uh, like her into this she's deal. A, she, listen, she's almost a part of our show. We've had her as a guest. She gets to be on comments anytime she wants to, and particularly this episode. Okay. I'm well, trying to get her to come back on to talk about trauma. So, yeah, yeah, she is. She's a big part yeah, of what we but do. But she does always challenge me, and so that's been a great inspiration and help in my life. <laughs> Love you, honey. I love it. I love it. Let's get some <laughs> of the other comments. Uh, thank you, Shalee. Appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, Shalee. And hey, listen, that lady, it, she's like, I just, I'm like a little dog. I try to just follow her around and learn as much as I can from her. She's awesome. Yeah. So also, I'll read if I, since I don't have anything else to add. <laughs> um, Amber said, having an obsession took over thoughts. Amber Bride, by the way who's a fan of the show, having an obsession took over thoughts, feelings, fear of consequences, or who I was hurting. Once I turned over to my higher power, I found peace and my perspective changed of priority being willing to be of service and show up for my kids or those needing me. Man. Nailed yep. it. Good one. Lovely. Yeah. Great, Amber. Awesome. Lovely. Were there some others that we missed? Just, uh, well, Ginny Rose down a little bit. Ginny Rose said, uh, yes, the journey is amazing. Trusting the process. Oh, no, I, we read that one. Sorry. Yeah, awesome. I read that already because she said, thank you for sharing Clint Webb. Awesome. And I know my mama always posts, love the podcast. Love you, mom. You're amazing. She's the mother of the podcast, Clint. It's fine. Your, <laughs> your mom gets to be on anytime she wants to. That's right. right. That's right. <laughs> I don't know where I'd be without that lady. Okay. You so don't, You don't exist without her. Yep. Do you have a question for, for Clint? You want to have him take us through this process that he kind of went through? Where do you want to go, Sellers? Oh, I don't know. You, you're doing great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want you to get into kind of the different things that they did in this program that was really life-changing for you. Can you talk I, about them? I will say no. You can. And, and the reason why is that, that this experience is all about going into it as much unknown so that you get the experience hmm. to alter your life. I will, I shared one thing, you find a mission statement. The other thing that I would share is that you do get to do a sweat lodge. And that was where I was introduced to more of a Native American type twist and going through a lodge and, and what that whole process really is. And the easiest way to explain what a lodge is, it's about going back into Mother Earth okay. and going through the discomfort and being born into a different way of living so that your ideas and thoughts values can change i love that thanks for sharing that with us and i totally respect that you don't want to go into too much because it's it's the you got to go and you got to experience that's why they call it an experiential right yeah. program so so cool what, one more time what was the name of the organization mankind project mankind project check MKP. it out check it out guys it was life-altering for clint so check it out okay so obviously we got shilly that came up threw in some fun comments had some fun with it tell us a little bit about your personal life like your family, Clint. Oh my gosh! Who's, really? Who's, who's the Clint, family? the man behind? <laughs> well, this is both of our second marriage, and she had a few kids. Four of them. I had three, and then we have three together. And it's been a journey to get to that place. So of, ten. Did I do my math right, Clint? Wow, ten. you can add. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, five of each, nice. and we have. Hey, Clint, you ever heard of the multiply and replenish the earth commandment? Yeah, buddy, I got it that down. Wasn't, that wasn't just for you. There's other people that can help with that. <laughs> well, I don't know if my wife will go there with them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Good one. Good one. Very nice. And, and, and so it, it has had its own growing opportunities to be able to walk through experiences by combining family. Absolutely. Blended family. Yeah. And, it's beautiful. And, and, and it's taken work. And luckily for the, the love of a lady that 
that I kind of got led to. Okay. So we've been able to enjoy this journey for 20 some odd years. How'd you guys meet? We actually met at a dance and I was the knight in shining armor. Uh, <laughs> and a, this, this a therapeutic assignment, just so you know. Yeah. And this is what she, she's, she was going through. She had someone that was stalking her at this dance and she'll tell you, this was her thought. I can go between these two men and they will let me through, but they won't let the guy through. And she was trying to get away from him. And so she was going through and he got to her right when she was there and he stopped her and says, Oh, I need to introduce you to these guys. Saw the distress and I said, Oh, would you like to dance? Wow. Hey, swooped in just at the right moment. Dang. I was wearing <laughs> cowboy boots. the knight in shining armor. Yeah. And I had the boots and everything, cowboy boots. It's, <laughs> I, I hadn't worn them for years, and I haven't worn them since. <laughs> but That's I needed awesome. them that night. That's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Nice. That's, it's been magic ever since, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's the fairy tale <laughs> we're going to go with, right? Good, yeah, good. That, that, that's the story I want. Cool. How old are your kids? We have them from the ages of nine, clear up to 30, whatever. Wow. But there's a big gap in there. We got got the three living with us, nine-year-old girl and two boys, 13 and or 14 now and 16. And then after that, the next youngest one is 23 or so. So there's a big variance in there. Yeah, sure. That's amazing. You're a blessed guy, Clint. Yeah. You're a blessed man. Yeah. So tell us, what's what does your life in recovery look like today as far as, like, what do you do to work a program? Um, what are you involved in? What do you do for work? Like, I don't already know. Well, you, <laughs> I don't know. To I, the, I, don't, I don't, so. Yeah, I don't know if you know to the degree of the no, things that, that I do. Let's get it. Because, like I said, I like challenges, and I like challenging people. And, and being in the treatment arena as a counselor, substance abuse counselor, that that over the years after my experiential weekend i realized that one of the things that i felt was really missing from treatment was a new experience yeah if i don't get you to have a different experience you're going to go back to your same old experiences because you haven't changed your synapses to try or do things differently and so it's about challenging people and getting them to do those things and so in 2016 i jumped on a plane flew down to the dallas area Spent a week down there almost and became a certified firewalk instructor. Wow. Walking across coals, walking across glass. That's, that's breaking, amazing. Breaking boards, bricks, arrows with your hands and neck. So that's what you love to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's life-changing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I did a firewalk, and, and it was pretty cool. We got to write, like, the things that we were still holding on to on the wood. Right. And then you take it and they burn it in front of you and it's, it's kind of discarding it. And then they rake the coals. You, how do you do it? It's that same process in essence. Yeah. And so it's about the journey and you start out with writing down your, your beliefs or feelings and things that are holding you back, but you got to break that board because on the other side, what, once you break through those things, what is, what is it you're going to get? And so you have those things that you're going to get before you even break the board. So you teach people to break the board. Yeah, with the palm of your hand. Wow. Or a brick That's with the palm of your hand. Because amazing. we got to have that experience or force to change us. Because it's just like that, the firewalk that you did. You had the goal of doing a firewalk, right? Yeah, absolutely. But if you're going to set a goal, the goal should be not to just to finish that walk. It should be a step or two beyond your goal so that you're sure to achieve your objective and maybe get a little bit more than what you usually sell yourself to getting. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny afterwards, they asked us to really think back and contemplate on our experience of the walk. And one thing that, that they kind of called me out on was I, I just walked as fast as I could. And they're like, what, what are you missing in life? Because you're in such Moving a too hurry. quick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or, or what are you afraid of that, that's making you right? So they, they analyzed the whole, it was pretty cool. There was a lot of insight. So you didn't get a walk on glass? No, I haven't walked on glass. I like my feet intact. <sighs> You're missing out, man. <laughs> it's about changing your life, right? So you do glass walks as well? Yes. And that was the hardest one for me because of the fact that for 
our high school celebration, senior trip, Lake Powell, rent a houseboat. I got a piece of glass that was a little over an inch long in my foot. Wow. And we had to go back up the lake to get to the nursing station all day long. We was 50 miles out in the lake. So you literally had a bad experience with, with glass. glass. Yes. And you still were able to overcome that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And, and and I was the last one of the participants to do it because my head was saying, this ain't good. <laughs> <laughs> There's no reason why any sane person would be doing this. Right, right. But I chose to, to take that journey. And, and when you do that walk, it's all about a meditative state. It's quiet. You have someone to the side of you to give you support if needed, to hold on to, to steady you. And it's all about just through silence feeling yourself going through that. Yeah, that's amazing. So I'm sure that's really impactful for the people that you do that with. How does that help you in your recovery to be able to do that? Well, it helps me to focus. Okay. You know, because then I get to feel the discomfort of things, to continue moving forward and walking with purpose. Because it's like it says in that big book thing that people talk about oh yeah i've heard of that about trudging yes if you look up i thought the, the big book was only good for hiding things i thought oh, if you wanted to hide something you put it in the pages you keep your money <laughs> that's an old joke yeah yeah but if you look up the word trudge trudge is talking about moving forward with purpose mm. It's not about, oh, I got to go through that. No, it's about moving forward, having a direction and guidance to help you in your life. Absolutely. And I talk on, I'm big on three things, love, acceptance, and passion. And it's kind of what you're talking about on that last one, right? Having a purpose or having a passion in life, that's really going to help you. Yeah, mission statement. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Good. Dr. Sellers, what you got on this topic? I got nothing at all. He can't <laughs> wait to come walk. That's well, I've done a fire walk. I've not done a glass walk, but um, it was an interesting experience. It's a, it's, it's a little bit about learning to trust for sure. So, yeah, I mean, I trusted the guy that was leading me in the fire walk. And it, at the end, you accomplished something that you weren't sure you could accomplish. So I like exactly. that. Exactly. Like, it's a stretch. I think I will tell you one of the things that I've learned so far is uh, from Clint really is a guy that we, this is a guy that, uh, hold on a second. I got a comment here that I need to read from Mandy. Oh boy. Uh, I'm going to read the comment and then I'm going to get back to my comment. But Mandy says, Jared, you've been on the go from the moment you got out, came out of the womb. <laughs> and then she said, hot coals won't change that. <laughs> yeah. like that. She's referring Thanks. back to a story that my mom tells. We don't but the glass will change that. Will it? <laughs> yes, it will. So what is it? What was the takeaway you got from Clint, Dr. Sellers? I'm Thanks, just happy Mandy. that my wife's out of town right now. Because <laughs> um, your guys' wives are killing you. Yeah, uh, I love them. <laughs> the takeaway was, uh, I see a guy who's stretching, who's, you know, going forward, who's doing new things, who's trying things that are, you know, kind of new to him and accepting some of these challenges. And so much of the time, and you've already said this, Jared, but so much of the time we want to go home and, and watch Netflix and zone out. And l listen, I'm as guilty of that as anybody on the planet. And we got to get out there and keep expanding and keep getting better and keep trudging forward or yeah. all we are is Netflix watchers. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with that more. Yeah. All right, Clint. So we got about two minutes left here. What What would your message be to somebody who is either in active use or early recovery? Because we know th those are typically, or maybe was there a low point within your recovery time that, that you kind of needed some hope and some inspiration? What would you say to those people, that body of people? One of my favorite sayings is that, you know what? Everything that I tell you, is going to be bullshit and lies until you prove it to yourself. You have to be willing to go through the process of recovery and follow the direction of proven things that have made the difference. Mm. One of my favorite sayings out of that, that book that we was talking about is how precisely hundreds of men and women have recovered. Not how maybe. Right. 
possibly. Yeah. And so there was a guy that I had the opportunity to work with, and he was going to kill me. That's a whole other story. <laughs> it's too bad we don't have time for that story. <laughs> yeah. But the what it ended up being is I told him there's a lot of difference between belief, faith, and trust. I can believe possibly that maybe what you're telling me may be true. Yeah. And if I can start believing that maybe what you're telling me is true, I might decide to exercise a little bit of faith. And if I'm able to exercise a little bit of that faith, I can find that maybe this thing can do for me what I can't do for myself mm. so that I can completely trust in the process of recovery to change my life. Man, Clint Webb, thank you for that. And see how he brought that back to step number two? We came to believe. That's what uh, the takeaway I got from it. Thank you for coming on. Glad I could be here. That was amazing. Dr. Sellers, we got about 40 seconds here left. I still don't know who next week's guest is. Can you grace us all with the release of who's going to be on next week? Yeah, her name's Melissa Mitchell, and uh, she works at Pathways Recovery Center or Pathways Wholeness Center in Glenwood, and she'll be in studio with me and you next week. That's amazing. So you're going to be here in studio with yes, her. Yes, sir. Perfect, perfect. All yeah, right, guys. I'm sad. I'm sad I missed Clint. Thanks for coming on, Clint. Hey, glad I could. Thanks, Thanks for amazing. the invite. Again, guys, check out August 31st, International Overdose Awareness Day at the DSU Gardner Center Ballroom. Thank you, guys. Join us next week for episode 49. We've almost hit 50. Yay! <laughs> Thank you for joining us today on We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Help us spread our message of hope. Like, comment, and share. If you have any topics or ideas for future shows, please share that on our Facebook page. That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. This has been a production from A Podcast Studio.